micromanage each other. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> that always works out well I in marriage. I don't think that would be the advice no, she would no, give. No, we say that. We do say that a lot with like, <laughs> like early on, you know, when we had our lifestyle businesses, we were kind of, you know, like just a lot of crossover. Like we were doing the same things and like kind of stepping on each other's toes and like, oh, I'll take that or I'll take that. And I think like, in the beginning, like identifying your strengths and weaknesses and being willing to just like trust one another in that, like give each other autonomy Mm -hmm. and trust and that space to say, Hey, this is your area of work and this is mine. I mean, that was a big issue for us in the beginning. And I feel like we had, we had to figure that out. And then once we did and defined that it was like a game changer. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA all-star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Here we are. Here we are. Back again. Back again. Episode number a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Are people still listening to us? We just keep doing them. We're not to our goal yet. No. Our goal is 100. 100 episodes. And then it's done. Over. We'll see. We'll be like, peace out. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, Lordy. You love doing this with me, don't you? I do love it. Because I love doing it with you. I feel like when we get to 100, I don't know. (laughs) I miss that. But now I got it. Um, I feel like when we get to 100, we might be like, which way is it going to go? Are we going to feel like the love and want to just keep on moving? Or are we going to be like, yeah, we're tired. We're really tired. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But this is fun either way. It's fun with you. Actually, I think when you hear this episode, we're probably literally on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. We love to vacation. (laughs) Every June, we take the month off. This one, we're going to be gone. So as long as you are listening, we hope it's really encouraging to you. But we're probably... Going to be disconnecting. Disconnecting and on, on the, the beach. beach. Uh, no, we got to write this book, baby. We have a book to write. We need to come up with all the words to, to learn from all these amazing couples we've listened to and learned from. So we'll and be, share our summation with you. Yes. So we'll be writing on the beach. How's the writing going? Oh, somebody's got to help us help. I think it's going all right. I think we need a ghostwriter. <laughs> I don't believe in ghostwriters. That's a whole different thing. We will never have a ghostwriter. We won't. Ever. It's no our ghosts in the Schinnebarger family. No ghosts in the Schinnebarger family. That's right. Okay. Today we have Ben and Laura Harrison. They are the founders of Jonas Paul Eyewear. The cutest eyewear. Ever. Literally, and their line should be, we have the cutest eyewear. Ever. And they are a children's eyewear company. By just, the way, ben, Laura, let, you can take that. You can run with it. It'll be great. <laughs> You're just giving free marketing. Yeah, but. Okay, let me say what their spiel is. They are a children's eyewear company focused on creative fashion forward eyewear for kids. Yeah, super cute. Their stuff is so cute. Yeah. I am going to be passing this along to every um, parent oh, I know totally. that have... Kids that have glasses. Totally. From Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hometown. What, Not what? for me. <laughs> Not for you, for me. West Michigan. Oh, West Michigan. 
There's home of the grand, home of the white caps. <laughs> I don't caps. even know what to say about home West of the West Michigan, Michigan white caps. West Michigan, I love you for your Lake What's Michigan. What's the song that we used to sing? I love you for your no, no, Lake no, no, no. Michigan. What's the uh, twice the fun. Michigan's adventure, twice the fun. Nobody's going to get that because nobody from, is from Michigan. If you are from West Michigan, you will know exactly what we are talking about. Yes, but nobody else cares. Michigan's adventure is what it's called. It's a roller coaster. Water park. Wa- all in one. It's the best. Two parks. <laughs> For the price of one. This was not a sponsorship. I just want to be clear. No, we are not sponsored by anybody right now. But Ben and Laura are awesome. Check out their uh, eyewear. Jonas listen, Paul Eyewear. Jonas Look them Paul up. Eyewear. They're great. So what, are, what the should story. we be listening yeah, for? Yeah, listen, I, you don't have to listen for a whole bunch of things, but I just want you to say, I, I want to say like, hey, this is a story that is beautiful. It's great. It's rooted in their child. The story that they have gone through with their son. And in the midst of it, they launched a business. It sounds like something that I would do. It's exactly what you would do. That's why they are awesome. Ben is like another Jeff. I like Ben. He's a, it seems like a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they're entrepreneurs, started a company together and are doing it all together. And I think you guys are going to love this for all you entrepreneurs out there, for all you parents that have gone through suffering with your children, uh, any parent who has Surgery. a child with mm-hmm. disabilities, mm-hmm. this is for you. And for those who do not have, ex- have not experienced any of those things, you should still listen because it's really good. So here they are, Ben and Laura Harrison. We didn't fall in love the first time we met, or at least Laura didn't fall in love with me the first time we met. She didn't remember me the first time Which we is met. That, I feel super awkward when we talk about that. <laughs> it is the truth, so yeah. I can't deny it. So yeah, so we went to the same, we went to Taylor University um, and had a lot of mutual friends and we had these really safe like group dates at the college. Um, I say safe because it was like this whole wing, like 30 guys, 30 girls, and you'd go and do these huge dates dates. um, just in case it was awkward and you couldn't, you know, relate to your date, et cetera. Somebody else to talk to. So anyways, we had all these dates and she happened to be on almost all of these, they called them picket dates with our wing, but never with me. Um, And so anyways, so, I was aware of Laura um, and we had met a couple times and it didn't necessarily stick. Uh, but then my senior year at Taylor, uh, yeah, I don't know how it, I don't know how that this one stuck, but um, I had just come back from a semester abroad and it was one of those late night intramurals at like 1230 at night. And I had this like mullet cause it was totally uh, in at the time. Apparently, well, no, apparently it was cool when you studied abroad to come back like, unshaven and unkempt and whatever. <laughs> and so anyways, um, yeah. So we sat and talked for a while that night, probably an hour or so. Um, so that, so it's true. It, it's not just cool. That was what attracted, maybe that's what attracted oh, yeah. her to you, right? That was apparently like, maybe she was like, Oh, this guy must be confident. Cause he doesn't care about what he looks like. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no. So anyway, so we met, met then and just, um, you know, hit it off. Um, pretty quickly, you know, continued to date through my senior year. And I spent an extra semester at, uh, Taylor, um, continued to date through there. And then we ended up moving up to Grand Rapids. Uh, I pursued my master of fine arts in photography at Kendall college of art and design up here. And she was willing to come up with me. Um, 
and so that was great. So then, yeah, then I lived with her grandparents. She lived with her aunt and uncle, both in the basement. Um, <laughs> and, Classic post Yeah, you know, continued to date. And then ben had, like, he went from like fun, you know, roommates in college to three roommates over the age of like 80. Yeah. So that was a real big shocker for him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. you were so, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah, we were saving money and trying to do like, you know, the smart thing. But, yeah. Oh man, it's funny to think back on that. Yeah. But then we've been in Grand Rapids since, yeah, since college pretty much. So we moved up here in 2005 and got married shortly after that. And so we've been married 13 years. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you That's have crazy. one yeah. child. Two. Two. Two children. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Jonas is now six, which is crazy. And then Sophie is three, going to be four in July. Okay. Slash 16 years old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She always She's prayed that she would be a strong one. And now we're now we're praying that we, we take it back. But it's going to serve her well if we can train it in the right direction. It's good. That's what we I always said about my strong-willed yeah. girl. I said, at least when she's a teenager, nobody will tell her what to do. (laughs) Seriously. uh, She's not listening now. So, um, so tell us, let's start off, like, tell us your story about what happened with Jonas and when he was born and how that kind of changed the trajectory of your, your lives. Yeah, definitely. So up to that point, we had kind of been doing, you know, being in the creative space, being a photographer um, and having like, you know, just friends getting married out of college, et cetera. We ended up photographing a lot of weddings and it kind of developed into a business uh, with weddings. And, you know, I was, was back in the days when SEO was easy. So I kind of padded our website with destination wedding photographer. And we thought, you know, young marrieds will just kind of see if we can travel the world and do work and all of that and had a lot of success with our photography business. Uh, and then that developed into other businesses as well. Uh, the main one being like a website business that we ran, it was kind of, it's called folio websites, but it was geared towards like photographers and creatives websites, um, kind of like meeting needs along the way for our own business and then making it available to others. Um, and I promise I'm getting to your question here, but leading that. So we were kind of always entrepreneurial, had quite a few businesses that were successes and then some that weren't successes. And, um, we waited, yeah, we did seven years, um, before trying to get pregnant and, um, and anyways, yeah, you know, had a fairly healthy pregnancy. I mean, I always say that Laura did pretty much all of the work, um, but like fairly healthy pregnancy, like still pretty young. Um, nothing really came up in any sort of the, in any of the ultrasounds or anything that there might be any, anything potentially wrong. Um, so yeah, I went in to the hospital, uh, this would have been March 27th, mm-hmm. 2013. Um, and you know, Laura labored for, uh, yeah, well, he was, it was about a 30 hour labor. And then I ended up having to have an emergency C-section after that, which was super just disappointing because you're yeah, like, you did all that oh, work. Yes. I and all that and work kind of, I have to do. And, you know, so that yeah, was and then it kind of turned into more of an emergency situation where his heart rate was lowering and all of that. So it was like um, super just fast from the decision of you 
like we need to have an emergency C-section to when he was born was like less than 15 minutes. It was super, super fast. And so um, how I remember it is when I was laying on that table, um, you know, you hear your baby cry and it's just that joy of like, oh, okay. Like that first cry is one that you never forget. And they brought Jonas over to me and I was laying on the table and the very first thing I said to Ben, and really the only thing I remember is saying to him, does he have pupils? And it was one of those moments that we kind of just dismissed, like, ah, he was just born. Like yeah. Ben was like, give him a little bit, like, let's get a traumatic experience. And, yeah. You know, see how everything is. And yeah, it's a pretty intense experience. And so kind of just forgot about it. And then, um, at like the next day at his, like, you know, when the doctor's making the rounds in the hospital, she came by and just said, everything looks really good on Jonas, but I'm not quite sure what's wrong, but something just with his eyes doesn't quite look normal. I'm going to call in a pediatric ophthalmologist. And so that doctor ended up coming in and then she took him away for about two hours, which when your baby's less than a day old, like being gone for two hours is a pretty long time. And we're just anxiously waiting to hear what she's going to say and what is she going to come back to us with? And sure enough, she came back and um, kind of just sat us. I was sitting in the table or in the chair, but, um, and Ben came over and our family were like parents were there and she just came over and was like, I've never seen this before. I don't really know what's going on, but it just doesn't look good. And I just kept screaming, like, is he blind? Is he blind? Is he blind? And she like, couldn't give me any, any answer that I was looking for. And in that moment, we were just like clinging for something. And, and it's amazing how literally in those, those seconds, like it felt like life completely changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only from the birth of your first child is like this beautiful and amazing thing, but then the thought of what, what, what just happened and what does our future look like? And our, son is completely kind of different than what we ever were thinking this was going to be. And, um, yeah. And we always talk about that too, just with us being in the creative space, like being photographers, designers, like our world was so visual. And I feel like when, Mm. you know, the doctor kind of sucked the oxygen from the room, it felt like our world was like crumbling around us because you start to go into that like vicious cycle of how he's going to experience the world differently and is he going to be able to see this is he going to see our faces and all of that stuff um and so then it kind of sent us on this whirlwind of she basically was like nobody in grand rapids is like qualified enough to handle his case you go to northwestern in chicago or university of michigan um and opted for university of michigan um and yeah again it kind of just sent us on this roller coaster of, you know, meeting with specialists and trying to figure out what the best approach was for him. Cause he was, he was essentially was born with a condition called Peter's anomaly, which is a re- really rare condition where in which his corneas are cloudy at birth. So basically like the way the doctor described it is like the sclera, the white part of your eye never really separates from the cornea. So you end up just with, um, you know, cloudy vision. So then with that, you can't obviously can't see, uh, there's no real light coming in or no, like, you know, mm-hmm. contrast, et cetera. Um, so we had to kind of make that decision really early on. Um, you know, where are we going to kind of just allow him to be that way and just kind of see what might develop or whatever. But the pro- prognosis looked pretty low for like him having any sort of visual or vision. 
um, or do you pursue the route of, you know, cornea transplants and kind of opening up that window to the world so that his brain could learn how to see. And we had to make all of these decisions like quite quickly. Hmm. It felt like. And, um, (laughs) so you're just like, Oh wow. Things are really real here very fast. And Hmm. we were obviously like, you don't think anything you're going to go home with your baby. And he spent a week in the NICU for some other things. And, um, and so it just went from this, you know, experience of we're going to go and have this birth plan that everybody talks about to like, we toss that out the window real fast. Yeah. Um, so we're like, yeah, this is just our story is going to be very, very different than yeah. the norm. Surprisingly, you can't control your story. It's weird. <laughs> you would think so, you could. It's so weird like we how think, that happens. So yeah. 21 so that, well, surgeries yeah. or something. Is that right? Yeah. And this yeah. is all to be able to have full vision or somewhat of a vision or what? What's the, yeah, it's really just to give him like potential for sight. Cause they don't really in the beginning, you know, the doctor kind of laid out the different tracks. Um, and really you don't even know cause his eyes were kind of just, so they're not properly developed in general. Right. And so they don't even know, like sometimes they'll do cornea transplants and you know, the optic nerve isn't fully developed or the retina isn't healthy or there's cataracts and all these things. And so, um, we ended up opting for surgery for doing a cornea transplant in the eye that looked the most developed. And, um, and that one ended up having four cornea transplants in that eye, um, as well as like retinal detachment. He had all kinds of things that were done Um, in that eye, but it was 21 surgeries in all. And he ended up, we ended up doing an iridectomy in his right eye, which is basically moving the pupil of his eye to like, he had a tiny little clear spot in his cornea. Um, And so they ended up kind of like moving his pupil to that spot. And that's really where he has the majority of his vision today is through that eye. Um, And so he's, he's about 2,600, they estimate, like corrected. Uh, So everything just has to be really close. And, you know, he walks with a cane just for you know, surface changes and things that he can't detect, but, um, but he's awesome. Um, completely changed our world. Um, and I, I think along the way too, just, you know, how does this tie into Jonas Paul? I I think they like the doctor, I just go back to that like initial meeting with her. She kind of gave us a little bit of hope and said that, you know, sometimes kids with Peter's anomaly do have potential for sight. Hmm. Um, and I think that was like the first hope we had gotten from anyone regarding this situation, just, you know, not knowing what the future would hold. And I think that was what kind of really in the end inspired us to create, you know, I kind of felt like options were lacking for kids. There were, you know, athletic styles and cartoon styles, but I wanted Jonas to look like a little stud muffin and um, felt like there weren't like more adult styles for kids. So that was Mm. what really inspired us like very early on to kind of create this, um, was that one, yeah, that one moment of hope, I guess, the doctor had given us. So tell us what Jonas Paul Eyewear is. Because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of uh, people listening that haven't, haven't heard that. Like, tell us, tell, I mean, it started with the story of him, obviously, which led into yeah. a passion of yours, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, as I kind of mentioned with the, you know, the doctor kind of giving us that hope, you know, I felt like the options were lacking, you know, so I decided you know, like you do shortly after having your first child. Um, uh, Let's start yeah. a business. 
Yeah, we decided to start our own children's <laughs> oh, highway line. Keep in mind, this is like two weeks post, like oh, Indiana. right away. This is yeah. like, mm-hmm. and I think very soon. <laughs> yeah, um, and we joke about yeah, we kind of joke about this. We like, can when joke you're, about it now. <laughs> yeah, when you're married, like prior to being married, you have your own New Year's resolutions, and after you're married, your spouse has like recommended New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Um, and so Laura's no joke, Laura's resolution was for me was to not start a business. She was like, okay, we're having our first child. We're going to have enough on our plate. Like, let's just like run the businesses we have and just like stick to those and be happy with that. And he totally agreed. Um, and I totally agreed (laughs) to it. Um, (laughs) so what happens as entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I had the initial idea, I had that like in the back of my mind, like I can't, I can't present this to Laura until it's a well-developed idea um, and have samples and so things. Many so many yeah. random things that I'm like, yeah. There's all the That's ideas. Okay, idea. Yes. Like, we yeah. know so yeah. many ideas. I don't yeah. know. I can't yes, relate I with this at all. I, I the ideas I just yeah, never seriously. stop. I know, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you, yeah, you just, came up with your plan. Um, yeah. So I kind of came up with a plan and like started actually getting on, you know, like Alibaba and looking at, you know, manufacturer, just kind of seeing like, could I actually pull this off? Um, well, first of all, like, am I just missing? Are there actually like cool, you know, options for kids and eyeglasses and felt like the answer was no on that. Uh, and then the second one was like, was it something we could actually like pull off and you know, what was going to be the investment and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so kind of went through samples and kind of did like the initial drawings myself, uh, just inspired by like styles I liked, or some of it was also inspired by just like you know family family eyeglasses throughout the year. These like vivid, you know, because a lot of eyeglass styles right now are pretty vintage in general. Um, and I think, I think in the end, like if uh, it, for me it was like the creative creativity like provided an outlet for me to process like what was going on. You know, I think when I, you know, I got my master of fine arts in photography with the plan on teaching. Um, and I often joke because fail or career services failed to mention that there are no jobs for fine art teachers. <laughs> um, but I think like why I wanted to teach art was it's like, it's this space where people can come in and express things that they maybe can't verbalize. And, you know, you can really connect with students on a different level. So that was like what I wanted to do. And I think this in the end just gave me that like creative outlet to feel like I was doing something because we felt so helpless with Jonas. I mean, besides shuttling him between all the specialists and stuff, we felt like there was really nothing we could do to help him. So So um, Laura, were you like on board right away with this or were you just grieving? I mean, I can imagine as a mother, I would just be grieving and sad and not really like gung ho about my partner's new great business idea. <laughs> I, I mean, it. I don't know from experience or no, anything. Yeah, no, no, no. I have he, no idea. He was smart when he proposed the idea to me. It was in a safe space with good friends that were in town visiting us. He <laughs> <laughs> was a wise, a wise guy. People yeah. around have people oh, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. There's power in numbers there. Um, and no, I, he presented it and I was like, actually, I like this idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that there could be something, something here. Um, I don't know what we're going to, how we're actually going to do it, but we'll figure that out. And um, so I was, yeah, I was pretty gun ho right off at the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I do think you bring up a good point about just that, like kind of like the waves of Grief. suffering. Emotions. I felt like it was yeah. really, it was interesting for us to kind of process that together. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's provision or whatever it was. It seemed like, like the times where I was really wrestling with it, Laura felt strong and the times that she was re- wrestling with it, like I felt strong. Um, and it felt like a really interesting dynamic kind of back and forth with that. And we also, we had a conversation really early on, um, where we felt like we were, you know, you have your first child and everything's about milestone, milestone, milestone. Like you kind of get obsessive on like, okay, are they falling behind? Are they ahead? Or, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. And Jonas, like besides his like head size, cause I have a huge noggin and he's like, you know, off the charts from a percentile standpoint. Um, you know, he was behind developmentally cause he had a lack of a, a sense. So, um, so we kind of felt like we ended up kind of like, we almost felt like we were kind of missing out on just enjoying him for him and who he was mm. um, and constantly like f- fixated on where he wasn't achieving or, you know, and his eyes shifted a lot in the beginning and just f- feeling like we weren't making that like visual connection with him um, was really hard. But we had a conversation early on where we just kind of said like, we have to just come to acceptance of this situation, um, you know, in order for us to like fully enjoy him and who he is and not be thinking about, what we thought he was going to be like, but what he actually is. And just, and I, and you know, I mean, you can't, I wouldn't say we fully came to that acceptance like that quickly with that one conversation, but it kind of shifted our mindset where we were really intentional about just enjoying him and enjoying his progress. Um, And yeah. And I think that just helped us both, you know, within the suffering. I mean, it continued to be really hard. You know, the surgeries were all under, under anesthesia and it's just, yeah, it's so hard to hand your child off to the doctors and, you know, trust that they're going to bring them back safe to you. But, um, but yeah, I felt like with the situation, yeah, again, this kind of just gave us that creative outlet, you know, and then we also just felt like we could make an impact. I mean, we knew again, how helpless we felt and couldn't imagine like parents in the developing world whose children are going blind and they literally can't do anything. Um, and so I think that also, excited us about the thought, you know, we'd always been craving like a business with impact. Um, and before I feel like it was, you know, our previous business were, were more about like our achievement and success, um, and maybe financial reward. Whereas, you know, though this wasn't really how we expected this prayer to be answered. I think this ended up kind of being that business that just felt like, you know, could this be like what we're meant to do to have this business where we could not only change kids domestically with self-esteem and all of those things. Um, but also, you know, make an impact in childhood blindness prevention. So now the business is rolling. You guys have this, uh, eyewear business basically. And, um, and how's it gone? Like, is it, is it working? Is it, are you in startup mode? Are you in the hustle? Is it a little bit of everything? Like one day is on top of the world. The next day you're like, why are we doing this somewhere in the <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. All of the above. Yeah, it's that's super, super easy. I don't know when you get out of it. <laughs> this of is course. like the easiest thing we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. We've never had any hiccups. Um, <laughs> Laura, Laura, how would you explain where the business is right now? Oh, um, yeah. I feel like you literally hit the nail on the head. I feel like there's days right now where you're just like pumped to come into work and just like tackle it. And then there's other days where we just feel like, are we going to make it? Are we going to survive? Um, I would say we're still somewhat in the startup phase as far as our age 
of it just being, you know, several years old. But, um, but I feel, yeah, I feel like there's days when I feel really good about it and I, um, I'm so excited, but there's a lot of stress involved with all of it as well. Um, and I think too, when you run it together, like we do, um, there's obviously lots of highs and lows of running a company together, but, um, but it's just been, it's been hard for us, I would say, um, Mm. especially from our previous businesses where it was just, just us. And now we're kind of building a team, which is exciting in itself, but also a lot of work just from trying to grow and have, you know, people around you and not have it just be relying on, you know, you and me to do everything. So I think that in itself is kind of like a lot of work too. So, so how do you guys deal with that stress? I mean, the two of you are, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm literally asking for advice. So like how, like in the midst of this, it's like, something doesn't go the way that it should. How do you, how are you guys handling that together as a couple? Yeah, no, that was actually a question I was going to have for you too. I think <laughs> probably, probably we don't, none of us have it figured out, but um, yeah, that's one thing too. Like we're kind of in that, you know, yeah, it's a kind of beyond like a startup as far as revenue and, you know, transactions and shipping product and all of that. But we're in that like middle, you know, middle range, whatever they like sticky middle or whatever they call it. And like the, the world where it's just like, yeah, we're like priming for that next stage of growth. And there's just a lot, you know, a lot of infrastructure stuff and all of that. And then also just like stakes are getting higher and, you know, you have a team, you know, and employees that you love and you're supporting, you're, you know, supporting their livelihood and all these things. So there's like, I feel like there's so many of these tensions, um, you know, kind of of these tensions and pressures. Um, yeah, at all times. So I wouldn't say I necessarily have the answer, uh, answer to that. I think, you know, I think we're doing better about disconnecting, you know, outside of work, uh, which is good. Cause I think historically we always kind of had a tendency to work was kind of everything. Um, so I'd say we're finding a little healthier balance with that. Excuse me. Um, I think there's still room for improvement, yeah. <laughs> which there's always room for improvement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're having late night, like HR talks as we're falling asleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not normal, <laughs> but it's true. But it, yeah. For most people, it's probably yeah. not normal. But for us it is, I guess. Um, but yeah. I think it's, it's, it's I, I love, I mean, when I think, cause so many people will say, how do you guys work together and how do you make this work? And, I mean, I don't really know how we do exactly, but I also feel like I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I love getting to work with Ben. I love sharing in the the high highs and the low lows together. It's, you know, so similar to marriage and, um, and you just support one another through it all. And you hope that you can, you know, not kill each other at the end of the day. But, um, but I feel like we, yeah, I think we complement one another. Well, mm-hmm. I think, you know, both in our marriage and in our work, um, as far as skill sets go. And so I think that we've been able to, I, we always say, I think our previous businesses were kind of prepping us and getting us ready for this to be able to, to launch this company and do it, do it well. And so I feel like it's, it's a blessing to get to work together, I think. And I love it. And I would never want to not work with you. But there definitely is a difference. Man, hang on. She's like, she's like looking at him with like star know, eyes. 
It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a really good night. That's our work. Just set you up (laughs) for a good night tonight. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) But I do want to say this. Okay. So previous, you know, prior working together, it's like you two, just you two, your own team working together. No, no children. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. Then you now have this new company and everything changes kind of because you also have kids at home and, you know, like you said, you're building a team. So tell me how you guys are navigating this work with also just, yeah, children being present, being home, being navigating what family have you figured life. Out? Yeah. Well, up until now, we've had um, a... Uh, I guess three days a week we've had a nanny and she has um, she's like a grandma. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, She's like such a blessing to us and our family. And now that our kids are getting a little bit older and getting more into school, we're not needing her as much. Um, But she is just, I mean, to be honest with you, she's made it so that I could work um, and leave home and come to work and be focused and then come home and everything's like so put together way better than I can even do it. Um, and so she's helped just a ton. I feel like for me personally and for you, but for me to be able to work, um, like I've been able to from the very beginning of this, um, which I was back to work like four days after I had Sophie. So (laughs) I had a really long, we have a better maternity leave (laughs) policy now that we have employees (laughs) besides us. Um, no, and I think, yeah, and I don't know. I think it's still just, I think it's always a process. It's like marriage. Like like you're constantly, yeah, constantly learning things. And I feel like in this season, I think for me, it's like just that, like being present with the kids. Cause I think you find, I find that the times I get the most frustrated with them or annoyed with them is when I'm trying to like accomplish something else, like on my phone or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I got to get this email or do this. And I like, you know, end up getting all stressed. And I think for me, that's one piece that I've been trying to be more conscious of is, um, you know, it's not their fault. You have all these stresses at work or whatever, you know, to just try and disconnect and be present. Um, and that ends up being, it always ends up being like more like healing for you, you know, to just have that engagement where it's more like that fun engagement versus that, like, stop bothering me. I'm trying to get this done kind of thing. Um, you know, and the kids are just craving attention too, you know, so we're all in general, our culture is just like glued to their phones. And so I think a lot of it is that intentional disconnection from work, phone, et cetera, um, to try and get more, just like have more intentional, like, you know, connection with the kiddos. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too, something else is just as silly as it sounds like time management, like just using your time wisely. <laughs> I think your time can be so sucked so frequently and so quickly. And I just feel like there's a lot of opportunities for just using your time wisely versus yeah, spending it doing stuff that just doesn't matter. And yeah. I feel like that's been just one of those. It's such a, it makes, yeah, I feel like it's just helped me a lot when I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to get everything done that day that I have to get done and actually uh, tackle it and, try and do everything the best that I actually can. <laughs> yeah. Whether that's like getting the dishes done to, you know, starting laundry to coming to work and tackling whatever projects we are working on. It's just trying to, yeah, 
manage it all. It's yeah. A lot. Yeah. And then I think too, I mean, the final one, again, a simple one is just exercise though, too. I feel like that's been a huge piece for us, just like any sort of activity to kind of de-stress. Um, and we are apparently gluttons for punishment, but we've, we've been signing up for these half marathons in the fall. Um, so having those events kind of force us to like stay more active. Um, and I think, I don't know, it just ends up helping, uh, helping a lot. I think just, especially when like, yeah, tension is high and anxiety is high, just having that release as well. So if you were sitting down with a young couple that was about to start a business together, what would you tell them if, you know, don't do everything we've done, but do this one thing. What would, what advice would you give them? Oh, micromanage each other. No, <laughs> Cause that always works out well. I in marriage. don't think that would be the advice no, she would no, give. We say that. We do say that a lot with like, <laughs> like early on, you know, when we had our lifestyle businesses, we were kind of, you know, like a lot of crossover, like we were doing the same things and like kind of stepping on each other's toes and like, Oh, I'll take that or I'll take that. And I think like, in the beginning, like find, identifying your strengths and weaknesses and being willing to just like trust one another in that, like give each other autonomy mm-hmm. and trust in that space to say, Hey, this is your area of work and this is mine. You is know, that what and you there's going to be crossover, but was yeah. that, was that going to be your answer too? No, it was. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was a huge, I mean, that was a big issue for us in the beginning. And I feel like we had, we had to figure that out. And then once we did and defined that, it was like a game changer. Hmm. So I feel like early on, that was a, we had a lot of, a lot of fights. Yeah. Just about how to do things and all that, like in all aspects. And when your hands are in everything, it's hard for you to be like, you know, good at the thing you are doing or focusing on. So. And respecting each other. Like you are, you know, coworkers too, I think is a big, yeah. you know, how you're, would you treat your coworker like that? Cause it's a lot easier to say, sometimes not so friendly things to your spouse hmm. than it would be, you know, to a coworker. Um, so I think that that's, yeah. And that's, that, that's a process of, of learning that too. Yeah. I think like as a male in a bad way, this is not like a positive thing, but you know, men have a tendency to be able to compartmentalize things a little more and like separate like, Oh, this is work and this is personal. And, you know, and I think for that, it's been a process of just like, you know, being more sensitive and how I respond to things from a work setting, even if it is, you know, work in my mind or whatever. And I think, um, and I think probably for you as well, just kind of on the flip side, um, being able to kind of focus or just like, I don't know, I feel like realizing like, Oh, this is a business decision. This isn't personal towards yeah. me or whatever. Cause then it, you know, just makes for awkward dinner conversations when you're like, <laughs> Oh, what happened at work today? Uh, <laughs> you were sitting next to me, and then we were arguing about that. <laughs> that big yeah. fight. Remember that. that big fight? That's what happened. Yeah, but that was work, honey. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's personal. Yeah, yeah. You. Uh, so you've named your a business after your son. Is yes. there plans to name a business after your daughter? Is that going to create? <laughs> we joked about that. Yeah. Is, is she going to yeah, feel left her- out? With her personality, I know she's gonna be like, "Where's my business?" Yeah. I don't. I get one. I want one now. She does have a frame named after her, so that's what she's got right now, and wow. it's a it's a good seller. So good seller. you know the Sophie Sophie frame. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so funny though that you even say that because we had people that were like Jonas Paul. That sounds like it. 
a name of like a, a fashion it business really already. Right. And we, we had obviously picked his name out before he was born. And so, yeah. you know, it wasn't yeah. like on our radar and, but it does go very well together. So yeah, yeah. thankfully we, yeah, but now I'm one. sure there'll be some interesting conversations down the road, you know, cause right now it's like fun and cute for them both. You know, they'll come to the office and come to photo shoots and it's like fun. But I know down the road, there's going to be that just processing that like, so this was, you know, cause he's, he's you know, obviously at this like stage doesn't thing. quite get the, it was like named after him and inspired by him. So, hmm. yeah. So I think it'll be a process. We'll have that conversation. I'm sure with Sophie down the road, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully she caught the entrepreneurial bug and she can start something herself and we can support it. Yeah. So how have you navigated life now as parents with a child that has a, I guess, a disability in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, how have you navigated that? What's been hard? What would you, what advice would you give to other parents that are kind of walking that road and with ever, whatever type of disability their child might have? Mm -hmm. I think for me, I had to very early on, um, like just come to grips with Jonas being Jonas. And it's kind of like to your point, Ben, earlier, um, I feel like that was really hard for me to not feel like every single person that stared at him and wondered why his eyes were rolling in the back of his head, feeling like I had to defend him and be like, well, he's visually impaired or he's blind. Or like, I felt publicly like ashamed, almost ashamed of him. And I had to get rid of that really fast because that was going to drive me crazy. And, um, and I feel like that was a really big hurdle for me. And, and now I feel like when I walk with him and yes, everyone stares at us, you know, I, I understand it's not normal to in a public setting, see a child walking with a, with a walking cane. So I get it, but I also walk next to him, proud of him and just thinking like, you know, if, if this little boy can, you know, help this adult or this family or these other kids that have never seen a little boy like this, you know, help maybe in a future situation that they're involved in. Um, if Jonas can, you know, help them in any way navigate that, you know, I feel like that's a huge hurdle. And I feel like it's just been, it's been neat to see for me, even just in my own heart, like kind of develop and change over the last few years with him and just how, um, how I feel like my heart has just softened so much for, you know, kids that aren't quote unquote normal looking. And, um, because obviously I never would have thought that this would have been our story and that this is where we would have been, but it is. And I'm proud of, proud of my son and proud of the little boy he is and how he has a lot harder things to deal with on a daily basis than I do. Um, but it's amazing to see how he just like doesn't give up on it, even though he doesn't know any different. And I, I love that, you know, that he doesn't know life any different, but it's, yeah, he just, yeah, he pushes us a lot. And I don't know, it's, it's definitely like broadened our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I echo the same. I think we're, it's such a, we're such a visual culture. Um, and so it's just hard. That was the hardest thing to process. Just like, you know, your child is the one that people are staring at because he has some nervous ticks and flaps and does things, and, you know, and it's, so I, I think that was like the hardest thing for me to process um, and be aware of. But in the end, you know, like Laura said, it, it has made us better people, you know, and we're much more 
open to just starting conversations and engaging with people, other parents or people in general um, that maybe aren't like us. Uh, And I think, yeah, Laura, yeah, I think that I was thinking about that when you were saying that. And I think now it's like, there is a sense of pride. Like people stare at him, but we're like, if you only knew his personality and like what he's achieved, like you would love him, you know? And it, I think it's like almost to a certain extent too, Jonas has kind of changed us in that sense. Um, Cause like Laura said, he doesn't know any different and he's just like a hysterical kid and doesn't, he's not afraid. Like he has no personal bubble because his <laughs> vision, like he needs to be close. So he just he like gets, gets right up close there. to people and it's just like, I love your green shirt and stuff like that. And I don't know. And he just makes people smile and it's cool to see, like Laura said too, like in elementary school oh. now, um, how kids just like love him for who he is, you know, cause that's I think a lot of parents biggest fear. Um, and even kind of part of why we started the eyewear company is like no parents want their kids to be picked on or bullied or not accepted by their peers. Um, and it's been cool to see how kids, I don't know, kids are much more open to like ask tough questions and like try to figure out what's going on and why they're different. And like, once they resolve that, they're like, okay, well, do you want to go down the slide? Like, do you like slides? I do too. Let's go play. It you know, is it, so true. They cool just to got to how, get the big thing out of the way. Yeah. So they understand. And then it's yeah. like, let's do everything. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah. it's cool to see how he's like really changing a lot of the kids in the elementary school and how much more open they are. And parents tell us that like, Oh no, my child's like, pointing out Braille and different things like, Oh, this yeah, is what Jonas learning is learning. Braille. And he's learning Braille along with print and um, handwriting, but those are, you know, just a little bit harder for him. So it's pretty amazing how he's picking up Braille. He's writing it and reading it. And um, his other kindergarten kids in his class call it, they all call they it think the it's, secret code. They think oh it's like, yes. You know, it is. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Like, I love to hear, you know, that the other kids are trying to be, you know, engage with him, understanding what Braille is. They're, you know, they're six years old, just like he is. But, you know, they're being opened up to this whole different world than they were. obviously. And, you know, it's going to just make them more accepting, you know, of different kids and different lifestyles and stuff. So it's, yeah. Yeah. See that. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, I think that leads us to our last and final question we ask every couple, which is, is it possible for both of us to be living out our purpose to stay in love and raise a healthy family? We'd love to hear from both of you what you guys think about this question. <sighs> Absolutely. I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I feel like it's it's a journey. I think you're going to have ups and downs and um, and you're going to struggle through, you know, struggle through some stuff and things aren't always going to be easy. And I feel like in our case, you know, having Jonas has just been a challenge in itself and going through this entire, you know, whole thing of sight and surgeries and just all of that was so, so hard for us. But I feel like, you know, when I think back through it all, we're just such better people now. And, um, I feel like we're stronger. I would love to tell myself, you know, five years ago when we were in the thick of it, wondering if this is ever going to be easier or get easier, that you're going to be able to make it and that you're both are going to get through this and be, you know, just such better people through it. And I feel like it's been, yeah, obviously something I was never expecting to be, 
um, a part of my life, but I feel like it's been amazing to get to walk alongside of all of this with Ben and um, support one another through it and, you know, be a part of building this business together and, um, and seeing that grow. And yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you, yeah, when you have children, it's just so fun. And it's, you know, such a crazy journey of trying to raise a family and run a business and do life together, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, and this isn't just because we're on your podcast, but yeah. something else. People have disagreed with us. People, say, people no. say no all the time. It's just an oh, yeah. open-ended yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. It's your opinion. Yeah, no, well, no, what I was going to say is just like how you guys have chosen to live. Um, just your lifestyle and Jeff, some of the things you said in your books, it's just like, like, what is like, what's enough to like live off of? And like, from there, you just see so many people in our culture that, you know, maybe they're killing it from a short term, like success standpoint, making a ton of money or whatever that like milestone is. But you see just kind of like the unhappiness there in that, that I think, mm-hmm. I think achievement isn't, achievement isn't all that it's made out to be and doesn't create that like sustainable marriage either. You know what I mean? Where you could have this job that pays really well and do all this, but still be miserable in that situation. And I think, I think there is something to like catching a stride, so to speak together as a married couple in like your vocation as well. And like what you feel like you're kind of like just meant to do or be called to do. Um, and whether it's like, (laughs) whether you're barely making it like financially or whether you're successful, like, I think there's just something to that of like doing that together. I mean, that's just, that's marriage in general is like life together through the hard times and the, you know, happy times and like how much growth in life comes out of those like Valley or like those moments of suffering versus like the, the mountaintop highs. So I feel like, I feel like, yes, it is achievable. It definitely takes the right, like, mentality and the right awareness that you're in it together. Um, and then it's not just about you individually or some sort of like unattainable goal, but it's just like that, like constant striving together and constantly growing together, um, and suffering together and, you know, sharing in successes together as well. So yeah, I would, I would agree. Yes. On that question. It's time for the breakdown. Oh, you changed it up right there. Always changing it up. Uh, so I have a recommended New Year's resolution for you, Jeff. Oh, my oh. goodness. Are you for real? That's what our breakdown is? It's so true. He was right. He's so right. That you always have a New Year's resolution for me. I do. I should do. This, is, this is the truth of marriage. Please tell me y'all were like snapping your fingers with that one because it's so true. It is so true. Once you get married, your New Year's resolutions. That's so unfair. Are for your spouse. Classic. But I love that this is like a true like entrepreneur New Year's resolution that I would actually probably do for you as well, which would be do not start a new business. <laughs> that was the recommended resolution. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> So we have learned through a lot of podcasts to not try to change our partner, but to encourage our partner to be more of who they are. 
I know, but sometimes you got to stop with all the ideas and the businesses and the things and the new and the this. Honey, I'm, I, I love you, <laughs> but I'm seeing a trend here that you're not learning from oh, the podcast no, no. that we're I'm listening to. Laughing. You're recommending things to me. I'm just enjoying. I'm just laughing. It's, it's, all, it's all fun. It's all fun. I like Ben and Laura. They, so did you have any constructive things you learned from this? Yes, I did. Okay. A lot. I had a lot of things. Um, my biggest takeaway, my biggest thing, was in their suffering of just everything that they had to go through with uh, their son, just that idea of accepting of what is and what he, who he is right now, what he is right now, and not just where he's lacking or yeah, what he's she said, missing or yeah, she what said he's learning not to meeting. enjoy him and his progress. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool. Versus like where he's lacking. Yeah. But like just take out 21 surgeries and take out disabilities, take out yeah, all that. Take out all that. And that's still a lesson we have to learn right now. Mm-hmm. Like accepting our children exactly. Mm-hmm where they are without any of their lacking, without any of the things that they are not succeeding at or failing at or whatever it is, but just accepting who they are at this exact moment. I think it's beautiful. I, you know, as you're listening, you, did, you couldn't see a picture of these two, but I just want to bring up that Laura, the entire time was, you could tell she is like madly in love with him. Oh, she was. Do you look at me that way? <laughs> I'm not looking at you right now. <laughs> I want to sug- I want to recommend a New Year's resolution for you. <laughs> you got to stop. No, I thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was really cool. Like you could tell she is in this with her husband and fully in and really is in love with her husband. I'm like, that honestly, we don't see that all the time. Were you s- Yeah, you We have- don't I don't I, I wasn't I was joking about you and I, but like in general partnerships we see have lost a little bit of the luster, the, the luster. Yeah. I don't know what luster means, either, <laughs> but I think that's what you say. You know, that love that is infatuation a little bit that you in, see in a beautiful way. The visual yeah. You don't see it that it. often. I thought that was, I wish everyone could have seen that. Maybe we'll take a little screenshot of this and <laughs> put it out. <laughs> They're there. not going to be happy about that. I loved um, Ben. Ben said <laughs> the times I get frustrated with my kids or when I'm trying to accomplish something else, which was so interesting. What a great self-evaluation that I'm on my phone trying to do something and I'm getting upset with my kids. And it's like, in that moment, I, I've, I have had that happen this week. Oh, yeah. This weekend. Yeah. And? Yesterday. It's, <laughs> do you want to say the exact <laughs> moment? or? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it was good for me to hear that. Yeah. So it's a good reminder of just um, that really our kids are just wanting our presence, like in our connection with them. Yeah. Yeah. To be there. That's good. I think our dog wants that right now a lot too. (laughs) Don't bring up this dog. All right. It's on my last nerve. So if you know any children that need glasses, totally recommend Jonas Paul Eyewear, the cutest eyewear brand glasses ever. Ever. Go, All right. go check them out online. Follow them on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at love or work. Give us all the good ratings and we will see you again 
not we won't see you. You will hear from us. We'll be on the beach. Peace. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.